God uses all kinds of people with all kinds of gifts in all kinds of settings. Uh, with us today as our speakers are John and Esther Spurrier. John is a medical doctor. Esther is gifted in prayer, encouragement, hospitality, among other things. And they work wonderfully together as a team for Christ. The Spuriers served at Macha Hospital in Zambia for, 30, for 27 years and in full-time service, and then three short terms after that. So John and Esther, with joy, we welcome you to Harrisburg Church. Thank you so much. It's really good to be with you this morning. We don't do much speaking anymore. Um, so it's really, it's nice to have the opportunity to share with this congregation in particular. The interesting thing is that Sister Idatris Joseph is giving a ministry of music at our church this morning, so we're missing her, um, but we're glad to be here. Um, I was very moved by, by the service so far, and especially by thinking about all those brothers and sisters that we have around the world that we don't maybe think of very often as we try to sing in their languages. And as we think that today, on the Lord's Day, there are thousands and millions of our brothers and sisters who are gathering in worship services, not like this one, but in their own way, to worship and fellowship, to learn about God and to praise him. It's, it's a very moving thing when I think that. So think of that again sometime during the week. <clears throat> I have long loved Psalm 90 which addresses the question, where is home? Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Is this on? It is, okay. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. The length of our days is 70 years, or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us to number our days right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. We came of age in the era of the Vietnam War, when the US was drafting young men for military service, and when alternate service opportunities for conscientious objectors to war took many young Anabaptist men and some young couples, like your own Wendell and Faith Zerker, to <laughs> Africa. We had both grown up in pastors' families where mission service was valued, and we decided that we also wanted to do some cross-cultural ministry before we settled down to life in North America. Our choice was our church's mission hospital just off the Navajo re Reservation in New Mexico. But when we offered ourselves to the board, they said they didn't need us there, that the Indian Health Service was making that institution's medical facilities unnecessary. But would we consider service in Southern Africa, where the Brethren in Christ had four mission hospitals and rural health centers that needed staff? We first said no. <laughs> But as administrators and former missionaries visited us and talked to us about what life and work was like there, our reluctance was, rather, was gradually worn down. Now, isn't that a missionary call? <laughs> <laughs> Macha Hospital had been founded in its current location in 1957 
by the first BIC missionary doctor, Alvin Tuma. But establishment of medical uh, care had come much earlier. Martha Kaufman was the first registered nurse in 1924 working out of this one-room grass-roofed hut. The first hospital building came a number of years later. Macha Hospital is now one of the largest hospitals in rural Zambia. We arrived at Macha Hospital in September of 1975. Zambia, like many African countries, was in its heady first decade of independence. Its economic strength was based on the copper in its mines. The government was promising free education and medical care for all of its peoples. There was a great deal of optimism. But the independence movement in Africa as a whole had led some people to call for an end to the era of Western missions. Zimbabwean theologian Pius Wagatama had written a book to that effect, which we had read. And so we were very cautious and uncertain about what our role would be outside of John's work at the hospital. He was very much needed, as in those days, Zambia had few senior medical professionals. The Brethren in Christ Church, which had been founded on mission work begun in 1906, had many Zambian pastors and leaders. But there were still a large number of missionaries in various roles, including that of bishop. This was also changing with the hearty blessing of the missionary community. Soon after we arrived, Reverend William Silungwe, one of the first graduates of Sikalongo Bible Institute, was elected the first Zambian bishop of the church. Macha Hospital was assigned its first Zambian senior staff member by the Ministry of Health in 1982, a registered nurse. More came after that as Mission Administrator Roy Sider pushed hard for Zambianization. And in 1985, Mukua Kalambo, a graduate of Maasai College, became our first Zambian hospital administrator. So what was our role? We knew my services as a doctor at Macha Hospital were needed, and continuing partnership with Western missionaries was welcomed by most Zambians. But we had hesitations as to what our church involvement should be beyond just attending. We made friends early on with a young single Zambian teacher in our community. And a number of years later, after marriage and theological training, he became our pastor. It was Pastor Enoch Shamapani who came to us at one point and said, does the Holy Spirit speak to you? We need to hear from you as members of our congregation. Don't be afraid that we will just do what you say Gone is the day when what the missionary says is what happens. But if you're part of our body, we need to hear from you. This encouragement gave us freedom to participate more fully in the life of the local church. On our first furlough, I remember being asked, and what do you do? John's role was well understood, but the people in the Brethren in Christ Church in North America seemed to need to know that their mission dollars were being well invested in me also. My role varied and changed according to the needs around us, according to what I was interested in, and of course, according to the ages of our children. They included acting as a scrub nurse and sewing for the hospital, teaching math to nursing students, that was probably my hardest job, helping with accounts, training literacy tutors, facilitating language learning, teaching theological education, which was my favorite job. And I did a lot of visiting 
both in villages and in rural churches. I loved that. And for a while, I was the communication link between Brethren in Christ missions here in North America and the Zambian church. And then there were ever-present hospitality needs. When you lived 40 miles from the nearest town, you could expect to host visitors and passers-by on a regular basis. I loved the variety in my life. And we were very thankful for administrators who were flexible and supportive of our changing situation, and especially in their response to our desire not to send our children away somewhere for their education. One popular missiological principle in those days was get in, get ahead, get alongside, get behind, and get out. Our initial commitment was two years of voluntary service, but we soon saw this as barely enough time to get in. As we served longer, we began to see the value in long-term cross-cultural partnerships in a spirit of humility and cooperation as being a better fit for our situation. We looked to Zambian coworkers and leaders as well as mission administrators and colleagues for advice about how long we should stay in Zambia and what our role should be. And we had great admiration for long-term missionaries who made many adaptations, moves, and adjustments according to the needs of the church and community for their service and according to changing times. Mary Olive Lady was one such role model, and Esther often said that Edie Miller was her hero of adaptability. Why stay so long in the same place? Probably a major factor for us was what we saw as the global inequity in the availability of healthcare around the world. John was needed there. But also we've come to believe that in a relational society, the benefits of long service can't be overstated. It takes time to know people well and to gauge situations well. So asking advice of local people was essential. And this takes more than just surface relationships. Staying a long time also brought the incomparable benefits of establishing deep and lasting friendship with both Zambian and expatriate coworkers. We want to introduce you to some of our friends and colleagues. Phil and Elaine Tuma arrived at Macha one year after we did. Phil and I were in college and at med school together, although we did not know each other well. Our partnership, both in and out of the hospital, was a gift from God. We were both committed to good medical care and to the church, and we thought alike about a lot of things. Phil is an excellent pediatrician, teacher, and researcher. His close relationship with the community is unique among researchers, making him much more effective. Elaine laughs more than most people and has been a wonderful support for him, hosting visitors and being very involved in the church and community, especially with women. Our friendship with the Tumas contributed to our long service at Macha. Mr. Colombo was the first Zambian hospital administrator. Before he came, I wasn't sure how it was going to work to have a Zambian in charge of the finances. But he was a gift from God to the hospital. He was an excellent administrator, as well as a good businessman and a committed churchman. He kept the hospital going through some very difficult times with his creative and entrepreneurial abilities, and he became a close friend. During the 1980s, I was his boss. When we returned to March in 2001, he was my boss. Many people were convinced that would not work. 
but it worked very well for us. Mrs. Colombo, Urbina Chilobi, was my neighbor for many years, and she became a good friend. We studied together in the Brethren in Christ Theological Distance Learning Program, and she was my hero of hospitality. It didn't matter what time of day or night visitors arrived, she always gave them a warm welcome and some good food, and I never heard her complain about it. The community suffered a great loss when she died in a traffic accident in 2010. <clears throat> Mutinta Nirenda came to Christ as a nursing student in Lusaka under the ministry of Brethren of Christ missionaries Pete and Mim Stern. She responded to John's appeal in the 1980s for Zambian Christian professionals to serve in rural areas of their own country. <clears throat> she was the nurse in charge at Sikolongo Rural Health Center for a number of years, and she married a Bible school graduate. They served together in pastoral ministry for some years, but then Peter became sick, and he eventually died. Peter's illness brought them to Macha, where Mutenta worked as a nurse and raised the children. She eventually became our nursing supervisor. I participated in a Bible study she hosted in her home for many years, and there I made wonderful friends and sisters in Christ of other staff and community women. Other women were also important in my life at Matcha. I felt great joy and satisfaction in contacts and ministry with wives of overseers and pastors. On Saturday afternoons, a number of us Matcha women met first to clean the church and then to have Bible study and prayer together. We really learned to carry one another's burdens in a very special way. I remember one day during the height of the AIDS crisis, our old mother, Bina Flo, telling us to get down on our knees and pray earnestly for our children and grandchildren. Your own Chris and Morales book served for three years at Sicolongo in the early 1980s. Afterward, was Chris was the administrator at Paxton Ministries here in Harrisburg for more than 20 years. They came to Matcha about 10 years ago for Chris to become an administrator at Matcha Research Trust. Marlis volunteers in the AIDS clinic helping to keep the files in order. And with over 11,000 registered patients, it's wonderful to have a self-described, obsessive-compulsive person doing that. They're very relational people who connect with many short-term visitors and many children in the community and contribute significantly to the life and the health of the matcha community. A common sight on my recent trip was Chris running with visiting nursing students. And Marlis was recently co-matron at the wedding of Canadian missionary Amanda Schwarzenschuber to Zambian George Mono. I'd never seen her look quite like this. They helped us to host and lead an Alpha Evangelistic Bible study for several years in their home. All of us have a part to play in God's work. Paul once wrote this short description of kingdom work to the Corinthians. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. We were just part of a large group of God's servants in our community. As far as the get out part of the missions paradigm goes, we could see an ongoing place for expatriate Christians serving alongside Zambians for a long time yet, just as we think our North American church life is enriched by people of other nations living and worshiping among us here. One of the benefits of long-term medical service is the reward of helping to make changes 
in the health of a whole community. There are a number of diseases that were common when we began serving at matcha and are now uncommon. Neonatal tetanus is tetanus in newborn babies due to poor care of the umbilical cord. We had many cases when we arrived and more than half of those babies died. But we learned that by giving two tetanus shots to a pregnant woman, this could be prevented and after a number of years, it was gone. Measles was a devastating disease, especially in small children with hundreds of cases and many deaths. But again, by giving two immunizations to the children, this can be prevented and we saw our last case of measles more than 10 years ago. Trachoma is a bacterial infection causing the eyelids to turn in and scratch the eye, resulting in blindness in some people. We used to operate on many people turning their eyelids back out. But now with better treatment and an emphasis on washing hands and face frequently, this disease is uncommon. During our first term, we diagnosed one patient per month with leprosy and had 75 to 100 patients in the leprosy clinic. With better treatment, this disease is nearly gone. I saw three cases in my last 16 years at Matcha. Malaria was once our most common disease and has been reduced by more than 97%. And HIV and AIDS has gone from a death sentence to being a treatable disease. I'd like to tell you about four areas in which I've been involved that have given me great satisfaction. When we, we knew that early missionaries often died from malaria, but thought that era was over by the time we went to Macha in 1975. But three days after our arrival, a Canadian nurse died of cerebral malaria. Malaria was the most common disease and cause of death in children for many years. So many young children died that Dr. Phil Tuma had a burden to change that. He started doing malaria research and was later joined by Johns Hopkins University in what is now the Matcha Research Trust. Located next to Matcha Hospital, MRT has grown into a first-class research program that is well known throughout the world. As a result of changes in care resulting from the research, we have seen a 97% reduction in malaria admissions and in malaria deaths in children. In 1981, the only doctor doing cataract extractions in our part of Zambia left. I spent six weeks in Tanzania learning from an ophthalmologist and returned to Macha to open an eye clinic. From then until our return to the US in 1987, I did about 100 cataract operations a year along with glaucoma and trachoma surgery. Nothing that I've done in medicine is more exciting than operating on a blind person and helping them to see. My first cataract patient lived a few miles from the hospital and had been sitting in his village blind for four years. He rode his bicycle to his six-week checkup. I no longer do the eye work since a Dutch ophthalmologist, Samuel Verkirk, who had spent several years at Matcha as a boy when his parents were giving service, greatly expanded the eye work. Elton Mutongo is Zambian, currently does the eye surgery at the hospital. 
We saw our first few cases of AIDS in 1986, just before we left Matcha for what turned out to be a long leave. When we returned 14 years later, the epidemic was full-blown and devastating. AIDS was the most common cause for admission and death in the hospital, and no treatment was available in our area. We went to a funeral of someone we knew or their family every week, and five to seven hospital staff members died from AIDS each year. Then in 2005, we began treating patients with antiretroviral drugs, ARVs, which actually killed the virus. Since then, we've registered over 11,000 patients in the antiretroviral therapy clinic, and it has changed our community. Now AIDS is a chronic disease, treatable, like hypertension or diabetes, and not a death sentence. And ARVs not only treat the disease, but stop the spread, because the patient no longer gives the disease to other people. One measure of the effectiveness is seen in the HIV-positive pregnant women who attend the Matcha Hospital antenatal clinic. Without treatment, 40% of their babies would be HIV-positive. But with ARVs, we have not had an HIV-positive baby born to these women in the last eight years. The success of the AIDS program has been greatly enhanced by good cooperation from Chief Macha, the local village headman, and the community at large. One of the sad and difficult things in medical practice in Zambia is the number of burns we see, especially in children. They get too close to cooking fires or get caught in bushfires, while, often while wearing very flammable clothing. Over the years, we've become good at treating these burn patients. Several times a year, a plastic surgeon from Lusaka, Dr. Gorin, visited the hospital and helped us by doing skin grafts on these patients. I improved my ability as I learned from him. Skin grafting became one of the important roles for me in my last few years. Six-year-old Soft Moitwa came to the hospital about a year after he had had his scalp, neck, and upper back burned. He'd been treated at another hospital where they did not do skin grafts. After two months, his parents took him home to a very rural village. Ten months later, his father brought him to us with the burn still mostly unhealed. He was malnourished and very anemic. His hemoglobin was two, which is usually incompatible with life. Normal is 14. He also lost his right eye due to the burns. We transfused him, fed him, and treated his burns. We grafted him several times. He was a delightful child. After the first skin graft, when his leg, where the graft was taken from, was hurting so bad, he called the nurse and told her he thought he would die. Then he said, let's pray. And he proceeded to tell Jesus that he was just a small boy and he'd been in pain for a year, and now the pain was so bad he thought he would die, and he asked Jesus to heal him. As he got better, he walked all around the hospital, including going to chapel on Wednesdays, and had a smile and a greeting for everybody. He even told the painter how to paint the ward. Amanda, a pediatric nurse serving under BIC Canada, sent me a picture of him on the day he was discharged. She said, everyone in the ward came to say goodbye to the Sibuku, the headman of the ward. He'd been there so long. 
This boy would not be alive without the care given at Matcha Hospital. There's a new generation of Zambian leadership in the church. In 2018, long-term Bishop Tumahamakangandu, who had been the third Zambian bishop, turned over leadership of the church to Bishop Charles Zemini. For many years, Reverend Zemini was a Bible school principal, and he also served the church as district overseer. Younger people are taking the reins and wrestling with what it means to be faithful Christ followers in today's Zambia. Church planting was long a key element of the church's ministry, and in Zambia, church planting in rural areas is fairly easy. You can call a few people together under a tree and preach, and many will respond. However, finding good leadership for that group is the next big challenge. In the years we were part of Matcha Church, seven daughter congregations were planted, and a number of granddaughter churches are now also functioning. But discipleship is not so easy. Church leaders have long said that this is one of the greatest needs in the church. So they were very welcoming of a ministry begun nine years ago by Matcha MK Eric Tuma and his wife Corey. On the surface, Push the Rock is a sports ministry, but actually the goal is to train young Zambians to teach and model for children what it looks like to follow Jesus. The Tumas have worked hard to develop the leadership of this organization, now called Matcha Sport and Learning Project, and they will transition back to the States next year. The man they call Coach Gerald will head up the program with other Zambian colleagues. Pray for them. No matter where we live, media and technology are both a blessing and a threat to the Christian life. For many years, television came into the sitting rooms of millions of Zambians. Programs from the US, Nigeria, South Africa, and other places bringing the challenge of prosperity gospel teaching. Name it and claim it is very attractive to people who have little in the way of earthly goods. What they see on TV has also influenced the style of worship services. And in a society where demonic activity is often apparent, we now see more public rather than private prayers for deliverance from demon oppression. Prosperity gospel is all the more attractive because of the way it fits with African traditional religion. Traditionally, people use charms and make sacrifices in ways they hope will force the spirits to do what they want them to do. Prosperity gospel seems to say that if we muster enough faith or give enough money, we can obligate God to do what we want him to do. In contrast, the call of Christ is that we conform ourselves to God's will rather than trying to get God to do our will. Please pray with us about these things. We ended our full-time service the end of 2017, but have returned to Matcha three times since. I got back from the most recent trip just a week ago and was very encouraged by what I found. I, when I left, there were six doctors and two interns. Five of those doctors are still there and have been at the hospital for nearly 10 years. The longest serving is Dr. Charles Hachobi, who is the head of clinical care. He's an excellent doctor, a faithful and active churchman. His wife was recently promoted to be the principal tutor of the nursing school. Mark and Maggie Roth began serving at Matcha in 2019. Mark is a surgeon with more than 20 years experience and had recently finished a degree in hospital administration before he went to Matcha. He's now in charge of the hospital and doing a great job. 
They've expanded the surgical services of the hospital and are now training two of the hospital doctors to be surgeons as part of a surgical program from Livingston Hospital. And God's timing is perfect. For years, we tried to recruit a missionary doctor to work with me and to take my place, but without success. Now, with the decrease in infectious disease that I talked about, surgical cases and accidents are much more common, and Dr. Roth is there and much more qualified to take care of those. The hospital recently built and dedicated a new surgical building, and I got to scrub with Mark on the first major case in that new building. Spiritual ministry at Matcha Hospital was happening long before we arrived in 1975. There has always been at least one man and one woman chaplain on staff to conduct chapel services, to pray with and counsel students and their families, and to work hand-in-hand -hand with medical staff to discern what kind of healing is needed in any given situation. Testimonies from patients and families were always an important part of hospital chapel for me. I loved hearing stories of God's healing hand through miracles, medicine, surgery, compassionate care, or prayer for deliverance from demonic influence. My dear friend Esther Colombo served as a chaplain for many years. Keith Mwango was another Brethren in Christ pastor who gave years to this ministry. During his time at Matcha, he also planted a church several miles down the road from Matcha specifically to welcome those who had been disaffected from church life or who had moved further away from the mother church. He also made a point of visiting old polygamous men who had not been a part of church fellowship for many years. Several years ago, Keith accepted an invitation from Mennonite Central Committee to work with their Peace Clubs program and to supervise that ministry in Southern Province. Peace Clubs had been established in schools for a number of years to teach students and teachers how to practice living at peace with one another. Keith expanded that concept to form a club in Choma Prison to target both inmates and staff. The result has been such a reduction in violent encounters and attempted escapes that the government has asked him to duplicate this ministry in other prisons. Recently, Samaritan's Purse has become interested in supporting the chaplaincy work at the hospital, and there are currently four chaplains on staff. Wednesday afternoon chapel services have become so crowded that patients, family members, staff, and nursing students can hardly find a place to sit. Fortunately, the chapel building has no walls, so expansion is possible. Revelation 5, 9 and 10 gives a wonderful picture of singing a new song to the Lamb. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. It was hard to leave our other home and family at Matcha 